him right now. Worship him. Jesus, you are worthy of all praise. You are worthy of all glory, oh God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, give him glory in this place. Give him glory in this place. Jesus, you are worthy. You are worthy. You are worthy. Come on, let's join the heavenly hosts. Let's join all the angels in crying that right now. You're worthy, God. You're worthy, God. Hallelujah, hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Amen, amen. If God has been with you, and as God has been by your side, I believe he deserves all the glory. Come on, if he's been good to you and he's been good to your family, I say you ought to have your hands in the air and give him all the glory and praise that he so deserves. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. You are worthy, oh God. You are worthy. Amen. I feel a sweet presence of the Lord that is in this place. I believe anything could happen in this atmosphere. Come on, a miracle can be birthed in this atmosphere. Come on, somebody could be set free in this atmosphere. Jesus, Jesus, just have your way in this place, God. I pray a Holy Ghost anointing would just flow. Oh, God, let a Holy Ghost rain fall on this church today, oh, God. We are just desiring to be in your presence, God. We just want you to have your way. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. Amen, amen. Good to have all of our, our guests and visitors with us. We just want you to feel at home and comfortable. Amen. Good to have Sister Angel's family with us. We greet you and welcome all of, all of you. We're going to have, uh, uh, we're going to baptize Sister Angel, Brother Josh, and the whole family next Sunday. We're going to have a great big baptismal service. Amen. And Brother, Brother Markles has, has mentioned he's wanting to get baptized. We're going to baptize him next Sunday. So we're just going to have a baptismal service. Oh, Nessie's raising her hand. She wants to get baptized next Sunday too. Well, Nessie, we, we may be baptizing you too. We're going to talk to your mom, and if she's okay with it, we'll put you under too, all right? Amen. Thank you, Lord. <laughs> Amen. So you don't want to miss next Sunday. We promise the whole family we will FaceTime you, Mom. You're not going to miss it. You're not going to miss it. We'll FaceTime. Or you can just stay an extra day if you want to. And, you know, we can work that out. You can be here Sunday too. <laughs> but either way, we'll make sure you're going to see it. Amen. It's going to be a good time. And I'm just so grateful and so happy for this family, Josh and Sister Angel and these beautiful kids. And, man, we had a great time at our house a little while back and had some food and fellowship. And, and uh, I have to admit, a little bit of arcade games went along with that too. You can't come over to the pastor's house without at least making it down to the basement to play a few arcade games. And I know the, I know the, the kids were just excited to be down there. And, and I just want to say what a lovely, loving family, very respectful children. And, and I just want this church to know how much we appreciate that they are a part of, of, of our family. And, and we're just very grateful. You know, I, I, I almost... I'm going to say that I don't expect this to be a very long message. But every time I say that, it turns into something a little bit greater. But um, we're just going to see. I, I, I've been feeling out the Lord uh, for this message and, and what he wants the church to hear today. But I believe in this time that we are living in, 
I believe that God is doing a wake-up call to the church. How many needs that alarm clock in the morning to get up? How many turns that snooze on and you want to get five more minutes out of it? Once, twice, three, four, no? How many just don't need a clock at all? You just, you, you just got that mental thing that you just wake up. Well, I believe there's a wake-up call that's going all across our world. Going across all across our country. I believe the time for the church is now. We have been living in several years of just very... Uh, moral decay. We've been living in several years of, uh, of just anything goes. Whatever you want to be, whoever you want to be, whatever you want to do, just, just do it. You're free to do that. You're free to identify with whatever you want to identify with. You're free to identify with whoever you want to be. But that's not God's word. That's not God's word. And we're seeing a moral decay of the very fabric of this, of this country and the very fabric of our world and the, and the Christian cultures that, and the word of God that this country was founded on is being attacked. But I believe it's a wake-up call to the church that no matter what the world says, we need to be identified as. And no matter what the world is trying to place us and back us into the corner, that there will always be a church excuse me, that the word of God will always stand truth and truth will prevail. Truth always reigns. There is an attack on truth. There is an attack on the word, but I want the saint of God to know and I want the church to know that truth will always prevail and truth will stand and we will continue to preach truth. We will continue to live truth. We will continue to stand on truth because I believe that God is waking up the church and say, we are victorious. We're not to live a defeated life. We're not to live a down and depressed life, but we are to live above that, rise above that, because God has given us the joy of the Holy Ghost. Turn with me if you, if you can in your word, if you don't have your Bible, if you don't have your phone, if you don't have a gadget, you can look at it up here. First <laughs> Samuel 17 verse 8 through 11. Very familiar story. Our Sunday school kids will, will know this story. Seven, uh, 1 Samuel 17, 8 through 11. And he stood and cried unto the armies of Israel. Talking about that big nasty Philistine. And said unto them, Why are you come out to see Set your battle to array. Am I not a Philistine and ye the servants of Saul? Choose you a man. Send somebody out here. Choose you a man for you and let him come down to me. And if he be able to fight with me and to kill me, then will we be your servants. But if I prevail against him and kill him, and ye shall be our servants, and you will serve us. And the Philistines said, I defy the armies. What a 
That just gets under my skin just hearing, hearing that. I defy the armies of Israel this day. Give me a man that we may fight together. And when Saul and all Israel heard those words of the Philistines, they were dismayed and greatly afraid. Can I preach to the church just a few moments on do you know who I am? Do you know who I am? Put your Bibles down. Put your hands in here. Let's ask the Lord to have his way in this service. Father, I pray you would be here. God, I pray as the word goes forth, God, that we could put our focus on you. Lord, I pray that you would just lead us. Lord, whatever direction you want, I want to be sensitive to that direction. That God, the miraculous will take place in this sanctuary here today. And God, that we will know, that we will know that you reign superior. And God, that you are our God and that you are our King. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Clap your hands one more time. Give him praise. Amen. And you may be seated. How many knows that that God is still a healer? That God is still in the miracle working business? We seem to forget that because all we hear is all the the sickness and all the disease that's running rampart. But but God is still supreme and God still reigns. Brother Brother Wilson, I want you to take this. Sister Sister Emily, I know you've been you've been battling some things, and and, and I know you've been you you've been been in some pain. But we're going to pray for you. How many believes that God can touch? How many believes? We're going to pray right now. Father, in your name, God, I thank you for this dear, sweet lady. I pray, God, that you will just bring a healing on this body. God, that you will just let a healing virtue flow from the top of her head, God, down to the soles of her feet. And that, God, every pain that she may be in, God, every joint, every fiber, I pray that you would go into right now. Lord, let the miraculous take place in this life. God, let a healing take place in this life. For, God, we're asking in the powerful name of Jesus Christ, at the name of Jesus pain has to leave at the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody praise him, praise him, praise him in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Amen. I I feel that there is a a, 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 a virtue that is in this place. But how many has ever heard you? I've seen this, and I've I've watched celebrities, and I've watched enough of 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 clips of famous people getting busted or getting caught and and doing something or trying to accomplish something, and they're not allowed to. And I hear those famous words of of a celebrity. Do you know who I? Am? Nessie knows who I am. <laughs> but I've watched enough clips of Hollywood celebrities that are trying to push their weight around. They're trying to get into a, a, a Hollywood party. They're trying to get into to some place and the doors close and they're standing there. Do, do you know who I am? I saw a, a pretty uh, a humorous little video of Justin Bieber a few years back at, at Coachella and he's trying to get into the party where Drake's at. And, and he's like, well, I was invited and, I, I, and I, I'm supposed to be in there. And security guards just looked at him like, no, you're not getting in there. But do you know who I am? I'm Justin Bieber. Do you not recognize me? I, I, you ought to let me into this. And security just took him and escorted him right out of the concert. I thought it was hilarious. Do you know who I am? 
and I see, heard, and seen celebrities that are being pulled over by police, and they're, you know, the police is writing up the ticket. Like I'm like we're just supposed to give you a, a a free pass. You broke the law, but yes, you're you're this celebrity, you're that celebrity. Do you know who I am? <laughs> and it's usually because they just want to push their weight around. They want to get out of something. Do you know who I am? And the Lord said it in my heart and in my mind this this week that throughout Scripture we've always found. Somebody. There were a few uh, had that celebrity status who wanted to push their weight around, push their power around, mainly for the, the good of evil. Pharaoh, Nebuchadnezzar, Pilate, and even Saul before he became the apostle Paul. Do you know who I am? Do you know the power that I have? Do you know what I can do? And from our scripture text, we read where Goliath came on the scene, a champion of the Philistines, a mighty man of warrior that we read in scripture. Now, I've researched it, and there's two, two things. One translation puts Goliath's height at 9'9". Nine, nine. That's one big dude. Another one puts him at, Six six, depending on what the translation of a cubit is. Nine nine six six. He's still taller than me. <laughs> and 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 taller than the average man at that time. At that time, the average height was five five. So you can understand, even even if he was six six, uh, an average man of five five is still looking up at this dude. And that could be intimidating. I know as the smallest boy in my school growing up in Madison, Illinois, just Madison public, public school, I was always the teeniest, tiniest one, even through junior high and even into high school. Why? I know this is going to surprise you because of my stoutly weight right now. But I was a mere 120 pounds when I got married at the age of 21. 120 Size 29 waist, that will never happen again. But as a smaller guy in height and in weight, it was always the bigger guys that wanted to push their weight around because all they had to do was chest bump you, boop, and you get bumped back. But it's intimidating when you're staring at somebody of a larger size. It's intimidating when they're talking down to you and they're talking smack to you. And I, I, if I could reach your face, I really would smack you. But we read in Scripture where daily Goliath would come and, and, and start talking down to the armies of Israel. And he would start talking down to the men. Send me somebody that will face me. Just send somebody that's man enough just to come right and face me here. And of course, everybody's cowering. Everybody's scared. Nobody wants to go up and, and, and be face to face with him. And daily he would come out and he would just taunt the armies of Israel. First Samuel 17, 9 and 10. And if he be able to fight with me and kill me, threatening, come on, just send somebody. And if you can overcome me, if you can kill me, 
we will be your servants. But, but if I prevail against your warrior, if I prevail against whatever, whoever man you send to me, then you shall be our servants and you will serve us. And the Philistine said, I defy. He just didn't stop there, but he starts really talking. I defy the armies. All of you men that are cowering down there in the valley and all of you that are hearing my words, I defy all of you. Cowards are what you are. I defy the armies of Israel this day and give me a man that we may fight together. And daily, this taunt went on. Daily, he would come up and start shooting his mouth. You ever know anybody that just shoots their mouth off? You get tired of hearing it. You don't know anybody, and nobody in your family, right? (laughs) Daily, he would start running his mouth. And the armies of Israel sat in fear of the man and did nothing because of the threats until the most unlikely warrior steps onto the scene, until the most unlikely person comes along the scene, not a a great man of of, of warrior, not, not a great, great strong man who, who, who had this mean look on his face and had years of experience fighting, but a young little David, a teenager that walked up onto the scene, but he had a confidence about him. He had something about him that, that no other man had on that army. He had something that, that no other man would bring to the table. He had a confidence of past experience. Brother Wilson said it great. You know, the things that we are going through right now are learning experiences. I've made many mistakes in the past. I know I'm not the only one. I know you're real quiet. But I'm not the only one that has made some real serious mistakes in life in the past. There's some I wish I could go back and correct. There's, there's, I, I wish we can just, there was a cartoon way back in, in my day when I was young uh, and it was a, a, a time machine and you go and, and they would be put propelled back in time to, to whatever. <laughs> and I wish I could go back into time and I could go to that very exact same spot and I could change how I reacted to something, how I said something to somebody, the decision that I made that was a horrible, horrible mistake, but I can't do that. What I can do is learn from that. I've learned that if you get real close when you're cooking your hot dog over a fire, that it gets hot. I learned that if my hot dog that I, that I, I, I don't like them charred, I don't like them burnt, for all you people, you, 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 you people that have no anointing of God that like burnt hot dogs. There's no anointing in burnt hot dogs. There's no anointing in burnt marshmallows. But a hot dog is meant just to be slightly roasted. Not a piece of charcoal. It's not a piece of charcoal. It's, 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 it's a gift from God. It's a hot dog. But I learned 
that while I'm roasting my hot dog to a perfectly warmth, to a perfectly brownness, not blackness, brownness, that if it falls in the fire, I, oh, rat. You do it one time, you're going to learn. That hot dog's gone. It ain't coming back. But I've learned from my mistakes. I've learned from my dealings with people and the mistakes I made because I let my mouth spout off before this thing even thinks, oh, oh, wait a minute, maybe you shouldn't have said that. So I've learned from that. I've learned to get all the facts before I make a decision because maybe I'm only getting a certain side. I'm only getting a little bit of information. I've learned because I brought the hammer down way too fast. Come to find out the information I got was wrong, was, was, was not all truthful. So I learned from that. I learned from my mistakes. David had some experiences that he learned from. Now, how many young guys here, you've had experience of dealing with a bear? Nessie has. God bless her. <laughs> Joe's messed with a bear. How many's had of an experience of a dealing with a lion? Listen, I grew up in public USA, and they did not teach us in public USA, in public school in Madison, Illinois, how to deal with lions and bears. We didn't deal with that. In fact, I'm hearing of, 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 of what are these things, not cougars, but whatever these big cats are now coming across our country. I tell you what, if one of these big cats are in my backyard, I ain't going out there and fighting it. I ain't, you, you know, Ray, you stay in here. Honey, we're just, lock the door. It'll go away. You don't, don't, don't feed the kitty, baby. Don't feed the kitty. Let Kevin do that. Let Kevin put the food out and feed the kitty. We'll leave it for them to deal with. I don't want to deal with the kitty. I don't have to clean up after the kitty. Let them, let them deal with it. But David had an experience. We read in 1 Samuel 17, 37, where, where David said, Moreover, the Lord that delivered me out of the paw of the lion." And out of the paw of the bear, he was fighting. He was engaging the bear, engaging the lion. Why? Because they were, they were threatening his flock. So he took off after them. I'm going to give you a hint to your pastor. If a lion's face to face with me, when lion roars, pastor leaves. Just so you know, we all clear on that. Lion roars, pastor leaves. But David did not back down. In fact, he took on those and overcame them. But he said this, I've had experience with them, and he will deliver me out of the hand of the Philistine. David knew Goliath was not just defying the armies of Israel, but he was defying the God of the armies of Israel. You don't know who you're talking to, Goliath. You don't know exactly what you're doing because David knew exactly who was on his side. You fight a little different fight when there's somebody bigger behind you ready to take care of your back. I know. 
that if something comes up against me and my family's out with me, I know I'm going to be okay because I got a couple big boys that's going to be right behind me. And if it don't go so good, Brother Wilson, if it doesn't go quite the way I think it should go, I know who's on my side. I know my boys are going to be there to watch over me. I know a lady who's going to step in and put down some smack on somebody that tries to hurt her husband. You don't want to mess with her. I know a lady who is very timid and very loving, but if you come against her children or her grandchildren, there's going to be a mama bear that's going to rise up and take care of business. I know because she's on my side. David knew who was on his side. I may not look the part. I may not look like the warrior, but I know God is on my side. I know God is going to back me up. So when it comes time for the battle, he was able to look up at that slimy, that ugly. I just, I just picture Goliath having a crooked nose for some reason. Just we're one ugly looking dude. <laughs> And David said these words in 1 Samuel 17, 45. Thou comest to me with a sword and a spear and with a shield, but I come to thee in the name of the Lord of hosts, the God of the armies of Israel. Listen, I come against you. You're not coming against me. And David let Goliath know. He let him know big time that he was on God's side. And David being a young kid, had experience with that sling. You see, I, I, I live in the city. I'm not a good shot. That's why I need an AK-57. I'm going to hit something. Blah, 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 blah. I'll hit it eventually. David had experience. The scripture says that he, he took that stone and slung it. And it not only hit Goliath in the head, but it said it sunk in to his forehead. And Goliath dropped. The mighty man of warrior who's speaking evil of all the guys, making fun of them because they won't come and fight. And here's this little kid. The scripture says that he was ruddy. Maybe he had red hair, I don't know. Just a little kid. Take down a giant. I'm sorry, Brother Joe. I wasn't thinking of you. I really wasn't. I was thinking of Ed Sheeran because he's a, he's, he's a redhead and he's very, very, very ready looking. But God spoke to me this week and said that there are good men and women of God who are being hindered and rendered idle and useless because of not knowing who's on their side. I want you to know that the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords stands ready, stands ready to fight for his kids. Let, let me tell you something. I'm going to stand up for every dad and know this for a fact that if somebody is, is challenging my children or somebody's coming up, up against my kids, daddy's going to step in. They're not going to have to say anything because this mouth is going to open up and you're not going to threaten my children. You're not going to threaten my family because I love my kids, but I know without a shadow of a doubt of a God who loves his kids, of a daddy who's ready to stand up and fight for his church. Oh, you're not hearing what I'm, you must not, this, this thing must not, be, must not be on. God is ready to fight for you. 
you just got to remember who's on your side. But many men and women of God who are sitting idle, who are sitting quiet because of a giant that is coming down and taunting them. Oh, God gave me this. A giant of addiction has rendered silent to somebody. A giant of depression looms over a good saint of God and rendering them quiet. Someone has given in to a defeated mentality. Well, I, I've already messed up and I've already fallen, so I just might as well stand on the back with everybody else and not praise anymore and not say anything anymore. All the while, God is wanting you just to rise up and say, remember, who's on your side? running and retreating every time the situation arises. Listen, it's time for the church to stand fast. It's time for somebody to dig their heels in and say, I'm not going anywhere, but I'm going to fight. Because I'm not just a nobody. I'm not just a little something, a little nothing, but I'm a child of God. I'm blood bought. I'm bought with a price. Am I perfect? No. But am I forgiven? Yes. I'll say that again. Am I perfect? By no means. But am I forgiven? Yes, I am. And I'm not standing here by my own authority. Do you know whose side I'm on? Again, I was the last one to be picked for the football team. Line up against the wall, guys. We're playing dodgeball for P.E. I don't think we play dodgeball anymore, do we? I think that's something else. Do they still play dodgeball? Thank you. I thought that was something else they got rid of. Dodgeball was so much fun. Yeah, you get your face smashed in, but it was so much fun. All right, guys, line up against the wall. We're playing, P we're, we're playing dodgeball for P.E., We'd line up. Okay, we need two captains. Uh, all right, Jackson, you and Marcos, you're going to be captains. You start picking, picking teams. All right, I want this guy, and I want the, you, you would, yeah, you always pick the big guys first, don't you? All right, we're picking Mike because he's, he's a pretty big boy, and we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna pick Steve because he's, he's, he's a football player, and I know he can throw the ball really, really good. So they start picking, and here I am. Last one, last one standing against the wall. Well, all right, I guess we get John. <laughs> That's okay. It's okay. I got my payback. We played dodgeball at the She's for Christ. It was the rally at that time, the relay. And uh, so I picked all the guys my age. And... Uh, all, all my friends, I got to pick, and we're playing dodgeball, and Zachary was a part of the team. We had a few younger guys, so I learned. Pastor Wilson, if, if we're going to do something, if we're going to get a dodgeball team, learn from me. Stand against the wall and let the young kids go up and do all the crazy stuff. I just said, whoop, whoop. In fact, we called our team highly unlikely. Because it was highly unlikely we were going to survive this dodgeball tournament. <laughs> Double elimination. We were eliminated at one in the morning. I said, thank God this is over. Nope, double elimination. What? <laughs> Had to come back at three or four in the morning to finish the last game. It was horrible. 
but I know who's on my side. So when the devil comes to me, elder, starts threatening, you're not going to do this. You're not going to be successful here. In fact, your, your, your family's going to be messed up. In fact, your, your marriage is going to be messed up. Your church is going to be messed up. Well, number one, I know that he's a liar. And not only the liar, but the father of all lies. So what that always, I get excited because when he tells me and says that, that this is not going to happen, I start praising God because he's lying. That lets me know it is going to happen. So when God's telling you you can't be victorious, you ought to be thankful and you ought to know that victory's coming your way because you can be victorious because he is a liar, but I know who's on my side. So when he says, I cannot do this and I cannot do that, I get excited because I know who's on my side. Greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. Do you know whose side I'm on? I'm on the Lord Jehovah's side. I'm on the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords side. I'm on the Alpha and the Omega. He's already known what the end's gonna be because he's already started it. I know whose side I'm on. In fact, here's what God gave me, church, and I don't know who I'm preaching to. That when the enemy comes to you, when depression and when addiction and when sickness and all this stuff comes to you and says, do you know who I am? Do you know I, I'm sickness and I'm going to take you down? Do you know I'm depression and I'm going to take you down? I turn that around and say, do you know who I am? I think somebody ought to be staring this devil, the enemy, straight in the face and say, devil, do you know who I am? You don't know who I, obviously we haven't been introduced properly. So you need to yell out, saint of God, do you know who I am? I'm a blood-bought child of God. Devil, you don't know who I am. I've been adopted into God's family. He's taken me and he paid the price for me. I know who I am, devil. Do you know who I am? I believe there's going to be a warrior rise up. I believe there's going to be a fighter that rises up. Somebody that's been idle, somebody that's been quiet is going to rise up today and say, I'm not taking this anymore. God, I'm going to be with you and I'm going to have victory because of what's happening in this place today, because you've been living in fear. You've been sitting idle for so long that this has become a way of life. While everybody else is praising, while everybody else seems to have victory, you sit on the sidelines idle. But I'm saying God is calling out to the church today. You will be victorious. You won't have to live in fear anymore. Because it's time for somebody to rise up in the authority that God has given you. I say this time and time again. My kids, all right, I'll give a little leeway. I'll even let these Sunday school kids come in and take my Oreos and my candy. <laughs> Brother Warren, I may stand on the side of the kitchen. But I'll let them do it. But I don't let somebody that I don't know come in my house and take my Oreos. They're mine. My church, they're mine. My Oreos. You don't mess with my Oreos. 
But I'll give my kids and, 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 and these Sunday school kids a little ride. Why? Because my children have authority to come in my house because of their relationship with me. They are my kids. Now, I may not like that they come in and go through my cabinets and take my snacks and take my Oreos, but nothing's going to happen. Why? Because they have that authority to come in my house. An outsider does not. In fact, an outsider really doesn't have the authority to walk into my house. I proved to my wife, Friday night, the gallant warrior that I am. Baby, I'm just gonna tell my, I'm just gonna pat myself on the back a little bit now. If that's if that's all right with you. So we're sleeping. It's three in the morning. It's dead quiet. It's it, it, it's it's black in the house, and we hear. She she immediately rises up. Did you hear that? I said yes, I did, and I took off into the house, and I'm I'm turning on lights. I'm expecting some. I'm ready. I'm ready. I walk through the house. I walk through the through the, the the garage, and I'm looking for somebody that's in my house. There's somebody in my house. We heard it. We heard something fall. Something was knocked over. I'm nothing. Nothing. The dog ran into the fan and knocked the fan over. In fact, it scared her so much, she's staying on my side of the bed. She didn't want to go in there. She didn't know what happened. The baby, your fierce husband, rose up to the occasion, and I went out there not knowing exactly what's going to happen. I didn't know if anybody was there, but if they're in my house, you're going to get out because you don't have the authority to come in my house. My kids, they do. Too many saints of God are living below their means and living in defeat because they don't understand the authority that God has given them. Listen, you have authority over every devil that comes to you. You have authority over everything that comes against you. If you're a blood-bought and you're a blood-washed child of God, he's given you authority to stand against and say, devil, no, you're no, 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 no. You don't have a right to come in here and tell me what to do. In fact, I'm going to tell you what to do. Do you know who I am? So I'm saying to the saint of God, stand on Luke 10, 19. Behold, I give you power. I give you power, not to the disciples. That's to the church. I give you power to tread on serpents and scorpions. I don't like snakes. I step on snakes, I step on spiders, and if a scorpion was here, I'd step on it too. But in the spirit realm, I give you power to tread on every snake that tries to come against your family. I give you power to tread on anything that tries to break up your marriage, tries to break up your home. But I give you power over all of the enemy. (laughs) Nothing, 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 nothing shall by any means hurt you. You have that authority. You have that power on your side. Rise up, saint of God. Slay that giant that's been battling you. Rise up, warrior of God. Slay that's trying to come against your family. Depression, do you know who I am? Addiction, do you know who I am? Fear, Satan, do you know who I am? I'm a child of God. Stand with me if you will. To those who need it, I'm getting my victory back. To those who need it, I'm getting my joy back. 
to those who need it. I'm getting my peace back. Because the enemy, who is real. In fact, we already know what his main job is. If you take on a new job, your new employer will give you a set of guidelines. This is, this is what you do. Because I'm not going in for the assistant president position only to find out they want me to drive a truck. No, here's what, I, here's, here's what your job description is. Josh, you're going to do this. You're going you're gonna to run the forklift. You're going to clean the warehouse, and you're going to do this. You're going to stock. Whatever that description is, your employer, your boss will tell you this is what you are to do. So you know what your description is. So when you walk through the doors of, of your new job, you know exactly what that day is going to accomplish. I know exactly what's facing me when I walk through those doors. I, I, I'm not going to be asked to come up and, and do the job of the CEO. Because you hired me to clean the restrooms. So I'm not going up to the executive office. But the enemy of your soul already has a job description of what he's setting out to accomplish every single day to the church and to the saint of God. His job is to kill, steal, and destroy. That's what he's doing. Trying to kill ministries. Trying to kill good men of God. Trying to steal somebody's joy. Trying to steal the peace that God has given you. And trying to kill everything that God's already started in your life and already started in the church. That's his job description. Now we can stand back and say, well, if that's his job, I guess we got to let him do his job. Not on my watch. Not in my house. Not in my church. I think somebody ought to stand up. Saint of God, you're not going to kill my marriage. You're not going to destroy my family. You're not going to take what God has already given. He's given me blessings. He's given me joy. And he's given me peace. God gave me that. And nothing's going to take that away from me. Somebody needs to stand up and say, not on my watch. Do you know who I am, devil? So if you come into this place today, and you're feeling deflated. You're feeling defeated. I rebuke the mentality of I've messed up. I might as well give up. I come against every thought of giving up. I come against every thought of what's the point. I'm probably just going to mess up again. That's why God has given us grace and mercy in this hour. Because he knows we're not perfect. He knows we can't do it. Listen, we're all in the same playing field, church. Ain't none of us perfect. Ain't none of us close to being perfect. We mess up. There's days where I may not have the best attitude. 
There's days where I, I, I just don't feel like I, 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 I handled that the right way. And I have to go to a very merciful God and say, God, I messed up again. Please forgive me. But just as Brother Wilson talked about love, forgiveness, there's grace and mercy that's flowing from the cross today. So if you come into this place feeling like you've messed up and you, you've crossed that line of, of, of God will never take me back, I want you to know that God, that bloodline is washing whatever line you place in that sand. His blood is covering that sand. You haven't gone too far. I am here for you. I believe there's a saint of God, a child of God that needs to walk away from this place with a renewed energy and renewed vigor. I'm not going anywhere. Devil, do you know who I am? So if you've been facing a giant in your life that just seems to be taunting you, that seems to be just laughing at you because you can't overcome it and you're too scared to even face it. You're too scared to even take a step forward to try to defeat it. Just know this. You can't do it on your own. But there's a God who is waiting here to stand in front of you, beside you, and behind you and say, I've got you. Now face it. You're not going to be defeated anymore. All eyes are closed, Father, in your name. Lord, though we may have come into this place feeling weak, we may have come into this place feeling defeated, we may have come into this place, God, with a defeated mentality of why even go on? What's the point? God, I feel you in this place, and I feel you ready to lead the way to victory for us. God, I pray for every man, woman, boy, and girl that are under this roof. God, that we will look up and, and realize who we are. That we will look up and realize who you are. And the authority that you've given us. In Jesus' name. If you need something from God today, if you just need to get your joy back, if you just need to get something that the devil stole from you, these altars are open here today. Because I promise you, God is waiting. God is waiting to show you who he is, but he's wanting to wake up and for you to understand who you are. I encourage you, come and pray. Let's create an atmosphere for God to move in this place. Let's create an atmosphere Come on, somebody needs victory over this giant. Somebody needs victory over something. Father, whatever it is, I pray for victory. I pray for healing. God, I pray for peace. Come on, let's pray, church. Do you know who I am, devil? You're about to find out. Hallelujah. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Come on, church. Seek after God. Seek after God. Father, in your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come on. God is moving in this place.